What is up, everybody? Um, as you can see, I am holding the microphone instead of keeping it propped up. I think you're going to try something different until Shannon gets back, which will be Friday. Nobody panic. She will be back. Um, something to keep my hands busy. Get your head out of the gutter. Um, while I go over today's episode with you, I mean, doing all the episodes by myself up until she joined. Now it just feels weird doing them by myself, but we're back in the attic. Um, I feel it's appropriate. I, I mean, I'm a little less lazy looking, repping the Nirvana tea. You get the idea. So on the rebound a little bit, um, it's been a rough week. I will say that, um, I haven't been feeling great and honestly, I've been feeling very overwhelmed and I thought that um, all that I had to do between yesterday and today and all the prep for it and then just getting caught back up was gonna really overwhelm me. And honestly, it's been a nice comeback. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy doing the podcast, but you know, stress, even if it's good stress, is still stress. So um, it's been a nice comeback. So I feel like I'm on the upswing. Um working through some medical stuff, but you know what? It's okay. I'm not dying. <laughs> it's all right. So um, I did want to go ahead and shout out to all of our listeners and say hello to where everybody is from. If you're new here, welcome to the Psych Ward. Um, we are elated to have you. Uh, for those new and tenured alike, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TAKTB Podcast. Send us an email at TAKTB Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Take a Killer to Brunch and our website at www.takeakillertobrunch.com. You can also find us on YouTube at Take a Killer to Brunch, where you can watch these episodes if you're not watching. And if you are, well, you already found it. So, Find us, uh, come hang out with us and say hi. We would love to chat with you. And I still haven't met my email yet. So someone send one. Anyway. So hello to all of our listeners in the United States. That includes Florida, California, Washington, Massachusetts, Georgia, Illinois, Texas, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, South Carolina, Kansas, Michigan, Wisconsin, Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, Utah, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Montana, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, the District of Columbia, Iowa, New Jersey, New Mexico, and Ohio. So hello, everybody, new and tenured alike. Hello to everyone in the United Kingdom, India, Bulgaria, Jamaica, Russia, Belgium, Italy, our listeners in Australia, specifically Victoria, it's nice to have you. Um, our Bayern listeners in Germany, it's great to have you here as well. Nigeria, um, everyone listening in Norbat and Sweden, you've been one of the OGs, so glad to have you guys with us. Um, El Salvador, Albania, Ontario, Canada, another OG, it's good to have you with us. Um, Cuba, Spain, Mexico, Norway, the Philippines, South Africa, and everybody else. Hello and welcome, and we're going to have a uh, great episode this week. So, keeping with uh, Sagittarius season, I found this crazy case for you, and her name is the Black Widow of Kyoto. Let me find my notes, and we can jump right into it. 
All right. So we are going to be covering the case of Shisako Kikehi. I did my research and I did some pronunciation. So I'm doing my best to pronounce names and places correctly. And if I get them wrong, as always, please correct me because how else am I going to learn? Um, if I suck it up and I attempted to learn, there, there's that. So. So, uh, Shisako, what, or was, she is a Sagittarius. She is still very much alive. She's a Sagittarius and the year of the dog for our Chinese Zodiac fans. Um, she is convicted of three murders, um, but she is said to have killed anywhere between three to 10 men. And her method of killing was cyanide poisoning. So a couple of things about Japan that you should know is, if you didn't know, they have one of the lowest crime rates in the world. So crime in general, let alone murder, and let alone serial murder, is really taboo. So if her case was a huge one um, in Kyoto at the time. And by at the time, I mean like she went to trial in 2017. So this is, this is fairly recent. Um, so huge case and everything like that. Um, it's also very common in Japan for people to be cremated. It's just part of um, their practices, their um, beliefs, and how they cater to their dead. And a big part of that, too, is because when crime is so low, you don't really have a reason to automatically go to autopsy. A lot of times, the police are the ones that initiate an autopsy uh, to be performed. So with that in mind, we're going to jump right into her background. So. Um, Shisako was born on November 28, 1946, in Kidak, in Kidakushu, uh, Japan. She was known to be very bright. She was very intelligent. And from an early age, um, she just excelled at everything that she did. She really wanted to attend a higher level of education after high school. But, I mean... Sorry. Uh, it's the middle of the night here, and I'm a little creeped out being up here by myself, and I can definitely hear John walking around downstairs, but the footsteps kind of echo up here. So if you see me doing this, it's because I'm paranoid. Anyway. But not only at that time, um, and it was also just the way of the world, her father had other plans for her. He felt that um, Shisako should settle down, that she should get married um, and start a family. So begrudgingly, she did as her father had asked her to do. So at 19 years old, it's now 1965, Shisako begins to work as a bank teller and she would go on to meet her soon-to-be first husband as a bank teller. And by the time she was 23 in 1969, she was married to her first husband. I could not find his name anywhere. So her first and second husbands, I, I couldn't find her name. None of the sources that I looked at could find their names. So unfortunately, we don't have names to go by. But anyway, her first husband was a fabric printing. Uh, he owned a fabric printing company. And in the materials they used to print this stuff or 
to manufacture the printings was actually cyanide. So police think that she got a bunch of the cyanide from his company. And that's just how she had it because later on, they had no way to prove how she got a hold of cyanide. Um, but because of his business, that's where they think that she acquired it from. So, but in fact, that none of us probably knew unless you were in fabric printing, but that's getting off topic. Um, they would all stay there for 25 years and they would go on to raise two children together. So she did exactly as her dad said. But come 1994, when Shisaka was 48 and her husband would, was only 54 at the time, so still very much in, you know, the early middle of their life, um, he actually suffers a heart attack. And he was lucky enough to survive it. And he was hospitalized for a little bit of time. He wasn't there for very long. And then they deem him in great health. And then they send him home just for him to die a couple of days later. And Shisako takes over the company. And it's not long after she takes over the company that she goes bankrupt. She loses the company and she loses the house. But that's not the end of her story. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about her today. Um, Shisako, um, now 60, I'm sorry, yes, now 60, just before this, uh, she marries her second husband, so roughly around 60 years old, and um, she met him on a dating site. It would also be discovered around the time of her, her last husband's death, and obviously the beginning of the investigation. She was at one point talking to 10 different men across 10 different dating sites or it was 10 sites and she's talking to all kinds of men. Um, and her dating profile was specifically targeted towards elderly men who were widowed or had no children and were wealthy. So not any red flags that I could think of. I don't know about you, but yeah. anyway, so she's about 60 at this time, she marries her second husband. Oh, I'm sorry. I am totally fucking that up. I, I missed a note. She finds her second husband. She marries him. And they're married for 11 years. So they marry. Um, they're married for 11 years. And then in 2006, her second husband dies of a stroke. Next year, in 2007, when Shisaka was only 61, she becomes engaged to a man named... Um, Toshiaki Swahiro. He was 79 years old. And as I said before, she targeted elderly men. Um, so that's not surprising for her demographic. And they don't ever get married. But during the course of their engagement, um, Shisako begins putting his affairs in order. They're not married yet, but she's starting to put everything into place. She ensures that she's the beneficiary of his will. And everything that comes with it, she would eventually trick him into drinking one of these health drinks, as, as she calls it, um, that she had laced with cyanide. Um, and he would end up stumbling out into the road and collapsing. They were at dinner, but she had been giving him these health drinks. They go out to dinner. Um, one source said that she put it in his water. I don't know if it was in water. I don't know if it was in a drink. But anyway, she gets cyanide into one of his drinks. He stumbles out into the road. He collapses. He ends up in the hospital in a coma. 
So he's on life support for two years. And during the time of this engagement, like I said, it's 2007. She's already talking to a new guy. And um, she ends up marrying this man while her fiance is on life support. So it's 62. She marries another man. Um, and this might be where it gets a little confusing because they both had the same name. So her fiance was Toshiaki Suehiro. And then she married her third husband, uh, Toshiaki Yamamoto. And only three months into their marriage, he dies of a heart attack. Um, and it's not long after his death that some suspicions of foul play begin to come up. Um, Shisako would obviously be the prime suspect uh, for murdering all of her previous husbands, but no charges would ever be filed um, and nothing would ever come of it because, as I said, everybody was already cremated. So no, no autopsies, no autopsies could actually be performed to check for cyanide poisoning. Um, and then in 2009, when she's 63, her fiance or her previous fiance, Toshiaki Suihiro, dies of cancer. And so he actually outlived the husband that came after him. Anyway, so he dies of cancer. And then at the age of 65 in 2011, um, Shisako gets engaged to her fourth husband. Uh, I'm sorry, she gets engaged again. She doesn't marry this guy. She gets engaged again to a man by the name of um, Mas Masanori Honida. Honda, sorry. Masanori Hon Honda, goodness. Masanori, yes. Uh, he was 71. So not too far off in terms of age, but only six months into their engagement, um, he would suffer an arrhythmia and die. It was a, just a random arrhythmia, and then he would die. She would be awarded uh, the lion's share of his estate. And if you don't know what a lion's share is, because I sure didn't, it means the largest share of his estate. So she may not have been the only beneficiary on the will, but she got the majority of everything that came with it. And by 2016, when she's 67 years old, um, she had inherited over 1 billion yen. And that was in 2013 money. So do some fun math. And that kind of broke down to $1.8 million in uh, U.S. money today. In 2013, it was like 7.2. So in today's money, she would have had... $7.8 million between all of those men. And she had two homes. But she would go on to say that she was actually broke and that she lost all of that money over the course of bad stock investments, um, the economic crash, um, and just poor business ventures. Some people don't really believe that, but that's what she says happens. Now we're going to her fourth husband. Um, Esau Kikehi. That's how she got her last name, Kikehi. So Esau was her fourth and final husband, as far as we know, because she is still very much alive. And I'm sure she is working that charm from inside of a prison cell. 
only one month into their marriage, uh, she gives Esau one of these amazing health drinks um, and sends him to an early grave. So she's playing the role of the grieving widow when police show up to collect his body. And one police officer in particular just begins to speak with her. You know, she's putting on a great show. She's crying. She's upset. You know, her new husband has just died. And this police officer comes to find out about all of her previous marriages beforehand. She's had three previous marriages. They've all died of similar circumstances revolving around heart problems, arrhythmias, strokes, heart attacks. I mean, aside from cancer, but he, I mean, he didn't suffer from a heart attack. But in this police officer gets really intrigued and like, you know, the red flags start to kind of pop up around. So he actually um, issues an autopsy to be performed on Esau. And when autopsy report comes back, it is riddled with cyanide. There's cyanide all up in his system. And that's when they wanted to go back and kind of do some more digging. They realized her first three husbands had all been cremated. But the one survivor, you could say, which was her, um, which was her first unwed fiance, um, Toshiaki Suehiro, while she put him into the coma, he did come out of it, but he would go on to die from cancer. So she attempted his murder, if you will, and was unsuccessful. So he survived her and they went to the doctor and the doctors were like, yeah, the only thing we have is a stool sample. So they actually kept a stool sample and when they tested his stool sample, they discovered cyanide. So her ratios were all off. I mean, she's not a doctor. So she was just kind of going with what she could go with. And they were like, hey, we got her. Like, we can link her to his attempted murder. We can link her to this murder. And then obviously we suspect that she murdered her other husband before her or before them. So. They decide to obviously arrest her. So she's arrested in 2014 at the age of 68, but she wouldn't actually go to trial until 2017. And it's, at, it's during this time that, like I said, it came out that she was on 10 other dating sites looking for more eligible bachelors, if you will. And at the time of her trial, she's actually dating somebody new. So she was actually dating um, another elderly man. He was widowed. His wife has had died like not too long before then. Now, like I said, she was arrested in 2014, didn't go to trial until 2017. So there's a chance he probably had no idea about her past. And then he he said in an interview uh, that when all of this came forward during her trial, he uh, had to break up with her. That he said he was super charmed by her and that she was so sweet and so caring that he actually gave her a key to his house um, because he just really enjoyed how caring and genuine she was. But after all this information came forward, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, just gonna have to break up with her. I'm like, you probably should, sir. It's like, good for you. I'm glad that you did. That's probably, um, your, your late wife would probably be very happy for you. So she goes to trial. She first pleads not guilty. She's pleading not guilty from the beginning. Um, but she takes the witness stand and her whole demeanor changes. She confesses to killing 
um, Esau and said that she wasn't going to feel guilty or bad about the truth coming out, that she hated him. She had a deep hatred for him and that um, he was more kind and generous with giving other women money than he was with her. And so she killed him in a blind rage um, and she wasn't going to hide any of her anger and her rage um, or and she wasn't going to feel bad for killing him. Well, two days later, she would turn around and retract that statement and she would claim that uh, she didn't remember saying any of that. And so she retracted her statement. Her lawyer throughout throughout the duration of this trial was saying she had uh, dementia and, you know, she she wasn't a competent whatever. And everyone basically came back like, yeah, but she didn't have dementia back in 2013 when she was killing people. So that was his argument, which ultimately we saw didn't pan out that well. So November 7th, 2017, she's 71 years old and she's convicted of three murders and four attempted murders. And she's sentenced to death by hanging. Um, and that stands to this day. She is still on death row. Um, she's suspected of being responsible for seven other deaths. I couldn't really find much other information on that aside from those. My guess is they probably were never investigated, so there probably isn't going to be much. But people probably found, you know, if she was talking to anyone who died, like, they're probably assuming she had some connection to it. I mean, who knows? Um, and in 2021, the Supreme Court of Japan rejected her final appeal based on, and I quote, Ruthless crimes based on a planned and strong murderous intention because she was killing people for their life insurance money. If you hadn't picked up on the plot, that's what was happening. Uh, she was obviously deemed the Black Widow of Kyoto. That was, uh, that is her nickname. And that was her final appeal ability. So she exhausted all of her appeal attempts because, not so fun facts here, um, death row in Japan, you don't know when your execution date is going to be. You don't know until 8 a.m. the day of. Like, the anxiety. I mean, one of the podcasts, I mean, I was listening to um, Till Death Do Us Part, where they talked about this. And one girl, she made a good point. She's like, that's a punishment in itself. Like, if I know when I'm going to die then I've had like, I can kind of come to peace with that. Like I know when the end is going to be. But if I could just wake up tomorrow and they're like, oh my God, guess what day it is. And it's like, fuck, like that is just, I mean, she's right. Like that's a form of punishment in itself. And then, you know, it makes me think of the question. I mean, everyone's kind of heard it um, before. Would you rather, if you had to pick one, would you rather know how you died or when you died? So, I mean, obviously the moral behind that is no matter which one you know, you're going to try to buy it and then inevitably you're going to drive yourself right to it. But I've always chosen, I'd rather know when I die because it just means I have a timeline to live my life to the best of my ability. And again, obviously that kind of question is a morality question to live life to the fullest. You shouldn't have to have 
an ending to mark the beginning of your life, but I'm getting off track here. Anyway, so we don't know when her execution will be. Um, I will keep you guys posted as when that happens. I'll give you an update of when when Shisako is hanged. Um, another not so fun fact, her case was the second longest case of its kind in that horse house, lasting 135 days. And over 500 people were lining up outside of the courthouse to buy tickets to see her trial. Like, you can buy tickets to see her trial? <laughs> I read that and I was like, what the fuck? But hey, man, like I said, it doesn't happen. It was super taboo. So you can imagine people were like, I got to see this. And that sounds pretty dark and fucked up, but. You see that happen all the time with serial killers. You know, it happened with Tim Bundy. It happened with everybody. It, people want to be in the courthouse to see it. I mean, it it just, once something hits the air, people are going to want to be there. Um, the sources that I used were a Wikipedia, Rolling Stone, JIADEP.org. I also listened to Female Criminals and Till Death Do Us Part. This was a very interesting one to do, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I am very excited to have Shannon back on our next episode. I hope you have enjoyed having a couple episodes back to back to get us back up to speed. And it's been wonderful being able to um, record for you guys again. And oh, sorry, last thing. I'm going to put it out on social media too. When last time you guys heard from me and Shannon, we are trying to hit 1,000 downloads by the end of the year. Um, we really want to get that cool badge from Podbean. It doesn't do us anything other than just like this fun little award just to say, hey, you did it. And um, obviously, we're going to happily share that with everybody. Your support means everything to us. And we're only like 300 downloads away from doing that goal, which to me sounds bananas. Um, so I don't know. We can do some quick math here. Maybe you can, if you can do the math before I can put it in comments, tell me that you beat me. Let's see. 7, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I guess like 17 days by the time, like, cause it's already like midnight here. So like 17 days to do 300 downloads. Let's do some quick math. It's like, almost 18 downloads a day. So please rally, um, share, like, forward uh, to your friends and your family and maybe some true crime lovers or some fun cryptid Disney um, lovers. And it would be super amazing to hit that goal. So thank you guys so much for being here and for continuing to support the show um, and being so patient with us while we kind of get back on track. So very much looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. And I'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Yes.